0: Hello and welcome to this video. Today we are going to be starting a new series on this channel, which is a Bible study series. I'm glad you're here to join us, brothers and sisters in Christ, or if you're an atheist or um, agnostic, hopefully you would find this um insightful. Um today we're going to be going over um the John's prologue, the first chapter, or at least um chapter 1 of John uh, verses 1 to 18. We're going to read through it and give you our commentary on it. Of course, this is not like a sermon or anything like that. This is an Um, kind of my subjective interpretation. If you have any ideas or thoughts, then let me know in the comments below about your insights and what you get out of this session. So without further ado, let's get right into it. Of course, this is going to be more about a religious dialogue with God and less so of a theological essay. Of course, I can go over John and talk about his theological undertones and also um, different kind of philosophical movements and theological movements. However, I don't think that's really what we want to get out when we are reading the Bible, um, because at the end of the day, religion is a two-way relationship with God, whereas um, theology is only about us studying God from an academic standpoint. And I don't want to do the second in a Bible study series. So as a result, it's important that we open our hearts and open our minds when we Bible. So let's get right into it and start off with, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. What this goes to show, and I think what this is uh, very interesting, is that, well, the in the beginning was the Word um, brings back connotations of a lot of different references. People who were reading John would most likely have some knowledge of the Old Testament, especially the Greek Septuagint, and also will have some knowledge of different parts of the Old Testament, especially Proverbs. And when we see in the beginning was the word, what we notice is that the words used here is as similar as the words used in uh, Genesis 1, which is um, in the beginning of uh, was God and, um, and when in the creation story in Genesis 1 and that's in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth so in the beginning it was a word there are the same two usages and it's quite clear that the writer John wants us to have that connotations there in the same way that um, a Virgil in the Aeneid um, I think starts off the Aeneid with "of of men in arms I speak to kind of tie back to the Iliad, there is almost this um, recurring theme where John is trying to help us focus on the creation story, trying to focus on the divine power of God. And of course, um, there is a notice, uh, or like there's people have discussed that, well, John is quite a different, um it's quite different from the other three Gospels, the Synoptic Gospels, in the sense that, well, when we read John, when we're interacting with John, what we do notice is that, well, John is focusing on the spirituality of Christ, the metaphysical Christ, the spiritual Christ, Christ, the divine, whereas the other Gospels, not seeing that, they don't focus on Christ as the divine, are rather there to develop certain ideas about God's human nature. And that's not to say, well, okay, John John's Christ is somehow just divine, a God striding over the earth as found in Chazamid, but rather it is more of an emphasis on God's divinity, which is very important. Because a lot of times, I think, in modern day um, scenarios in modern society, people like to distract our attention from Jesus away from his divinity to humans and we see a lot of humanists and a lot of um, propaganda people um, a lot of kind of activists like to say oh Jesus was a great teacher but he was nothing more than that and that's clearly not the case as Christians as Christians we believe that Christ was God incarnate in flesh and that's something which we have to keep in mind and this is what we see in the first chapter of John is saying that well actually we need to remember that Christ is God he is divine and that's something we cannot deny in the beginning was the word and the word was with God the word is very important here because I think once again the usage of the word ties back to the Old Testament the word is this order the order which is imposed upon the chaos of unbeing non-being it's the breathing of order the, the breathing of being into the world which we can observe around us, the chaos. And that's what the beauty of language is. That's the beauty of us able to discuss things with each other. Language Language's ability to describe, to talk about the world in an orderly state. When we're describing something, when I'm talking, this is a wallet, or maybe this is a pen, order, the word, allows us to describe this as a pen and allows us to Um, gain some sense of order and understanding out of the chaos and and the abstract. So that's something which John is focusing on, is the idea that, well, God has given us the word as as a gift In, in, in many senses. Of course, word here is representative of Christ, but also at the same time is representative of Christ as the being, the mode which we are able to understand the world. And it's only through Christ that we're able to learn about the world. And that's something which is very important to bear in mind. Through him, all things were made. Without him, nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. That's something which is very important. The light is something... That, as we we're talking about is something which shines into the chaos we should trust god as the light in our path he's the light to guide us forward and that's very important we we have imagery of tolkien we have um gandalf guiding the the fellowship forth through moria and that imagery is very important and that's what we're imagining here christ is that light in our lives we're in a world of darkness a world of struggle god allows us to go through and overcome that and that's something which is very important in the first chapter of john There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify concerning the light, so that through him all might believe. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light. That is a very important thing, and I think this is something which is reminding us of the world we live in today. Today, there's loads of false prophets. There's people who claim to be God when they're not God. There's people who claim to be divine when they're not divine. And as a result, a very important way to look at them, to differentiate them is like, are they saying that they're the light themselves? Are they saying that they are divine? Or are they saying that they are only a messenger for the divine? And that's very important. A lot of um, activists, even if it's not about religious, they like to say, well, I have this divine truth, this transcendent truth, which I could teach to you. Beware, because no one in this world can speak as the divine they can only speak as a messenger for the divine and when you hear people starting to say that they are god or they're providing this direct they are directly what is this god being or this transcendent being well then you should not trust them because clearly they cannot be god because only god can be god render unto caesar what is caesar's and render unto god what is god's now the true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world he was in the world and through. And though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who did receive him, to, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. And this is very beautiful because this, is, this demonstrates a tragedy of Christ. He went into the world and the world does not recognize him. It's a really sad figure. Like, you create the world, you love the world, but the world hates you and and rejects you. And that's kind of the situation of Christ, which strengthens the later message of his incarnation and his sacrifice. Like, even though they reject you, you still love them. And that's a reminder to ourselves. Like, even if people hate you for believing in Christ, that doesn't mean you hate them back. That means you should love them all the same. And that's something which is a daily reminder, which is very, very important and very, very strong. Now, next thing is, well, all right. Children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision, but or a husband's will, but born of God. There's that idea that God is the central. We are able to become like God. We're able to be coming through Christ into the arms of God as long as we are able to follow him. And that's a daily reminder that we must follow Christ. We must not turn our backs on him. And that's something which we must keep in mind. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only son who came from the father, full of grace and truth. This is something which is very important. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. This is the idea that the word is Christ and Christ is with us. He came down to earth and that's something which is very important. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only son who came from the father, full of grace and truth. This is exactly the case when people say, well, Christ is not God. Or when the Muslims say Jesus never claimed he was God. Well, the Bible, the word of God says and tells us clearly that he was of God. He has a divine nature. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father. We are seeing the glory of the Father in Christ, and that's something which is very important. So here we have a clear doctrine of the Trinity already being formed. We have Father and the Son is already. So when people say, well, where is the Trinity Bible? Well, here it is. It's clearly in the beginning of the first prologue of John. Now. John testified concerning him. He cried out saying, this is the one I spoke about when I said, he who comes after me has surpassed me because he was before me. There's this idea of the temporality of it. It's that out of his fullness, we have received grace in the place of the grace already given. So there's that temporality, that circle of temporality where we see it that, well, christ's salvation saves not only the people after him but also the people before him his sacrifice is enough to save all the people in the world who have been and whoever has been that that the grace of god has been extended not only in the new testament but also in the old testament that's something we remember a lot of times people like to critique the old testament saying there was no grace there but in fact there were there was grace there. People were forgiven, and the fact that people were forgiven already demonstrates the grace of Christ, and that's something which is very important to remember. Before we carry on, however, I'd like to remind you that if you do want to support this channel financially, then feel free to go check out my Patreon. Links in the description below, you can have access to monthly newsletters, you can have access to like access to exclusive essays, questions for q a a PDF copy of my book, of course, depending on the different price um, ranges, but of course, any donation helps, and it will really help make this channel more sustainable for me. Without further ado, let's carry on this video and say, well, for the law was given through Moses, grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. And that's really important. It's the idea, not that Jesus Christ comes to destroy the law, but he comes to fulfill it. There's this idea that, well, the law comes from Moses, and while well, Christ fulfills that law. No one has ever seen a God, but the one and only Son who is himself god and in a closest relationship with the father has made him known this is very beautiful and a pertinent point just because it does go back and develop what we so called before it talks about the trinity this is indeed the trinity this is indeed the idea that well there is a father and the son both of these figures are seen next to each other and christ is god there's no other way around it you cannot say oh christ was just a prophet or christ was just a teacher no this First John tells us that Christ is God. So that's a very important part of the Gospel of John. I hope you enjoyed this video, this short Bible study. I hope you found it helpful. Of course, if you have any comments, thoughts, and ideas about this uh, passage, let me know in the comment below. i like to make it very, very clear that I'm not arguing that I'm infallible or anything with this Bible studies. I get things wrong, and I don't want to make this too theological. This is mainly about religion and our walk with Christ. So feel free to let me know your interpretations and what you get out of this chapter or this prologue together. Of course, if you want me to analyze the theological aspect of the prologue of John, there's a lot of things I can talk about, like and docetism, and all these ideas. So if you want, do want to actually hear about that, let me know in the comments below, and I'll happily talk to you there. So stay safe, my friends. See you soon. Thank you for watching this video, and I'll see you next one. See you soon, and goodbye.